Greetings and blessings, grace and peace to you all, to all y'all. I am Bill Morgan. Whether you know or care who I am, I assume you know and care who you are and whose you are. Many thanks, I think, to Lynn Cosby for inviting me to do some head and heart storming about prayer and discernment. Lynn is our prayer podcast producer, director, editor, sound engineer, and Lynn is hard to say no to. These reflections on prayer and discernment, sorting out what the God of Jesus is up to and calling us to, are Morgan's zigzag musings. Caveat, if you want more deep and detailed instruction on praying for discernment, check with Lynn. She can put you in touch with the wise and wizened ones from our Academy of Spiritual Formation. Also, here is a name that may be new to some of you, Robin White. Robin is on staff at Asbury here in Birmingham, where I hang out some now for coaching, guiding with prayer and discernment in particular, or spiritual formation matters in general. Robin is a great resource. Anyhow, it occurs to me that a great prayer of discernment starts with St. Richard of Chichester from the 1200s via Godspell in the 1970s, a mere 700 years later, plus 50 years to now. I will resist singing it, but I think you will recognize this. O Lord, three things we pray, to see you more clearly, love you more dearly, follow you more nearly, day by day. The word discern can mean such as to test, to prove, to examine, sort out, to assess, figure out what's going on. Lots of times, that's not a ho-hum matter. At times, even a life and death matter. Two passages I share. Romans 12, 2, familiar. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The second passage, 1 John 4, 1, familiar, I think, too. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Both the word discern in Romans and the word test in 1 John come from the same New Testament Greek word, dokomatsane, test, prove, examine, sort out, a.k.a. also known as discern. Romans, I think, leans toward discerning God's presence and calling in our personal and relational lives. 
First John, I think, leans toward discerning God's moves in our world. Not a hard separation between tracking God in our lives, in our world. More a, a matter of nuance and emphasis. Just now in our United Methodist Church, we are doing a lot of discerning about what kind of church we are and will be. Uh, a great time for prayers of discernment for United Methodist. Some of you know I am a word guy. Though there is no way to wordify all our life experiences, it's amazing how our flesh experiences can become words that help us understand what is going on inside us and between us and with God. I am not beyond making up words along the way. So, pray for my computer's word and grammar correct, which is often in therapy. Long ago, in another galaxy, I did some background study on the verbal ancestors for the word discern, particularly the biblical word discern. These wordy relatives, I found, referred to shearing a sheep or sifting the chaff from wheat. In all honesty, truth in broadcasting, I have not been able to refine those notes. So I'm depending on my fickle memory. I've not been able to reconfirm those connections by doing some additional research. But for the purposes of our today, searching and seeking to understand better prayer and discernment, I'm going to affirm these images that they make functional sense whether we can track them back or not. Picture a roly-poly, woolly sheep. The actual sheep critter looks a bit different after the fluffy wool has been sheared or, or shorn, whatever the correct verb is there. Likewise, the actual nourishing wheat grains that settle after sifting have a solidity miss before the pretty much chaff is blown away. Perhaps you see the connection with prayer. We seek God's help to shear, sift away, to get to what's actually at stake with our lives, our situations. Sometimes we get sidetracked in things that really don't fully matter. And so prayers of the sermon are our efforts by God's grace to determine, uh, to decipher, to discern what really matters in this decision in my life or this situation that I'm facing. Here's what I have called my one-sentence Apostle's Creed. God's grace in Jesus gives us the power and pattern to live with joy, serve with love, and die with hope. In a way, when we pray, we are seeking to discern through the wool and the chaff of our lives God's strength to do what we can't do on our own, to shear and sift what is the pattern, the shape of what's going on, and what directions we are able to take in our lives and world following 
the tracks of God's Spirit. It kabonged on me that Jesus' 40 days of time in the wilderness with the tempter was a time of discernment for his life, shearing away the fuzz and sifting away the fluff to be a servant, not a celebrity, Messiah. What's more, in Luke, also in Mark and Matthew, Jesus is depicted regularly going away to pray his way forward, discern the Spirit's strength and wisdom pattern to go. Perhaps Jesus' most poignant prayer for discernment occurs in the Garden of Gethsemane. And yet we pray not just through the crisis, harsh moments of our lives, but they're just this importance of praying through the regular and the the ordinary days of our lives. We think of contemplative prayer, which is a daily discipline to pray, to discern, to shift, to sift and shear and sort out our lives, our relationships, and world. My quest for light about prayer and discernment took me to the wonderful world and labyrinth of Google to track down St. Ignatius of Loyola, Spain. St. Ignatius mucked around in the 1500s. He was the founder of the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits, uh, known for their scholarship and their spirituality. Ignatius, I found, sought to discover steps for people to take to prayerfully discern serious life decisions, what path to take, what occupation to pursue, responding to a call to ministry, changing jobs, sorting through marriage and life situations, uh, marriage and uh, the single life, perhaps, what college for us or our children Decisions involving care for aged parents. Well, those sorts of decisions can go on and on, and you can fill in your own blanks. 99% of the time, these decisions of discernment are not between a good and a bad, but competing goods. I found an updated version of St. Ignatius' steps for discernment. I'm going to share those. I think... Ignatius had seven, but this writer I found summarized it in five. One, identify the issue. What is it before us that we are struggling our way with? Take time to pray about the possible choices. Three, make a wholehearted decision. Four, very important. Discuss the choice with a mentor, a trusted person. And five, trust the decision you make. Thanks, Ignatius. These steps, I think, are helpful. These are sort of push-ups that make sense. Uh, But if you're like me, when I read them and I think about the choices I make and the situations I face, it's a lot easier to say these things than to do them. But it helps to have some guidance of the ways to sort through our life choices and dilemmas and possibilities. So thanks for those five, Ignatius. Here, 
zigs to my mind, quirky, delightful Anna Lamott's quip that there are three basic prayers. Thanks, help, and wow. From that zig, here is a zag that comes into my mind and heart that has to do with those types of prayers that help us discern, sort out our lives in relationship to God. Those practices of what might be called the various divinas. Most well-known, perhaps, is Lectio Divina, a prayerful reading of Scripture, less for information, but more for transformation. Reading Scripture in an openness to receive an encounter with God's Spirit. Uh, you can dig in more and learn more. Uh, four parts uh, Read the passage. Meditate about the passage. Pray about what you are reading and experiencing in that passage of Scripture. And then contemplate how that applies in our lives. Four parts to Lectio Divina. Read, meditate, pray, contemplate. Let me insert here, and I think this is very important for us, is not only to decide, discern what to do in our praying, but also how to proceed with what's going on in our lives. How, with God's help, to proceed with less fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety, both of which I have plenty. And to be able to find more joy and hope and peace, all of which I have some dibs and dabs along the way. So, our praying uh, for discernment, for life clarity, is not only what to do, but how to live our lives. Less fear, more courage, less anxiety, more peace. All that is a grace thing, nothing that we construct on our own. So, back to the various divinas over which I am making high overflights, trusting if they strike an interest in you, you will get them on your radar and do some more research. I've heard tell of art divina and music divina. There's probably someone out there that can tell us about golf or fishing divina, uh, which I guess is pretty hard on the fish. For me, I appreciate book divina, often the Bible for sure, but other books I read along the way. Or at least I have open in my lap. This book divina, which helps me get in touch with uh, what really matters in my life, where, where God is present and, and nudging me, this most happens around dawn with my means of grace cup of coffee. I'm sitting in my aged plaid wingback reading chair. It's aged like me. <laughs> Sometimes I am sorting out what to do. At times, finding God's courage greater than my fears. 
most times just breathing and being, having a moment before the day unfurls. Here's one. I experience dog divina, doing time now with our bouncy one-year-old Aussie doodle, Sam, with continuing thanks for our 13 years we had with Jack, our galumphing labradoodle. Their exuberance, their non-hold-back love, their ability when they hurt to yelp and get over it and go on with it is a model to me that all-encompassing, non-judgmental, unconditional love reminds me, and uh, I will be the thousandth person to make the comment that God and dog are just the same word spelled one way and then the other way. I'm willing to believe that there might be some even out there who find their lives enriched with cat divina, finding uh, peace in God's path with their felines. Before I close, I want to return to the shaggy life sheep to sheer image for praying for the power and pattern the God of Jesus gives us for lives worth living and dying for. Serendipitously, providentially, I came across some long-ago writing that underwhelmed the publishers I sent it to and who sent it back to me. But it was titled, and I like the title, Sheep in Wolves' Clothing. We know all too well wolves in sheep clothing experiences. What looks simple, even fun, can turn out to be hard, life-sapping. The job, the marriage, the relationship, the kids, our health, fill in your own blanks. Take an unexpected twist or an unexpected bite out of us. Only too true. But I want to call out the other side of it. That is, sheep on occasion come in wolves' clothing. How situations that first appear as enemy can become ally for a more purposeful life. How out of initial damages, with God's grace and companionship, a new life can be built. I am not suggesting a happy, sappy, accent the positive, let the smile be your umbrella approach to life. There are undeniable hurts and hurdles in our lives that we inflict and endure, and no amount of happy talk can take the rough edges off of that. Those are the places where the God of Jesus accompanies us in our valleys. But I have witnessed people taking marriage, relationship, breakup situations, and forging a deeper, better relationship. Learning the act of forgiveness for things that will never be forgotten. Those navigating iffy illnesses, addiction, depression, anxiety, uh, can find in going through the course of those things a tough tenderness for their lives that enable those persons to become more compassionate, more aware of the peaks and the valleys of life, live life at a fuller dimension than before. Such struggles can create awareness 
of the basic blessing gift of life at all, in spite of and because of the complications and craziness galore of our lives. As we live lives with prayerful sheep-shearing discernment, in the mysterious mix of freedom and providence, God does not directly cause everything that happens. But God abounds in all things, working with us for our good and the good of others. In the oddness of Godness, in encounters with the undeniable, wolfy situations of our lives, sometimes good sheep and shepherds appear. Here it is again. Oh, dear Lord, three things I pray to see you more clearly, love you more dearly, follow you more nearly, day by day. Amen and amen. Blessings to you and through you. Bye for now.